Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Jimmy Brooks, Luis Pena, Todd Burkhalter, Shelby Logston, and all of our Patreon supporters, and of course, you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Tara, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's great to have you on The Adventure Jogger. I was... I was stalking you online. Oh, good. Tara, looking for stuff to talk about. Yeah. And all I could think was I had Courtney DeWalter on like a month ago as of when your episode's airing, right? Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, she had the best summer ever, right? I mean, winning Western States and Hard Rock and UTMB. If we were going to rank someone that had the second best summer ever <laughs> i think it's kind of you oh wow that means so much <laughs> that's so uh, yes it's been an incredible summer and just to be second behind courtney is an incredible honor <laughs> well yeah because i mean if people don't know and why would they unless they're like like they like follow like if they're not following you on socials or tapping your phone, they wouldn't know that you set an FKT for the Colorado Trail, a supported FKT. This FKT, Tara, has stood for twenty years. Twenty years. Like pre boom of ultra running. Eight days, twenty one hours, and fifty nine minutes. But the crazy thing is, like, that's enough, right? To to break a 20-year FKT on the Colorado Trail, you can kind of hang it up and go like, hey, I just set the FKT on the Colorado Trail. That's good enough for me. But then you also run the Run Rabbit Run 100-miler, and you win that... With the third fastest time a woman has ever run that course in 20 hours, 32 minutes, and 22 seconds. And it's not like you did one in January and then did Run Rabbit Run in September. 
I mean, these were like so close. Yeah, I think I think it was uh, finished up with the Colorado Trail like July. It's all foggy now, but around July, and then went and um, competed in Run Rabbit in September, mid September. Uh, so there is a quick turnaround there. Yeah, absolute understatement of the year. What was the plan, Tara, for the summer? Was it built around the FKT? Was it built around Run Rabbit Run? How did you put your second best ever in the world summer together? That's a great question. Um, I kind of just plan. Uh, I plan around things that excite me mm-hmm. and if it excites me and if i think that i can do it with a reasonable amount of recovery before and after um from something before and recovering after for something ahead then i'll plan it and so that's pretty much it i feel like a lot of times um, there's a lot of limits that can be put on people um you know, if it might be an article that says you need this amount of time to recover from this thing or this or that. And this year has just been a lot of experimentation and seeing if it's possible to do that kind of stuff. And I guess, you know, it is. And I think honestly, the Colorado trail was a great, it was a great effort, but it was also great training for run rabbit run because I live in Virginia beach at a whole 10 feet <laughs> sea level pretty much and so being out there uh you know 10,000 8,000 12,000 feet every day for eight days n- nearly nine uh really prepared me for getting out in uh steamboat and you know competing at elevation as well yeah, I was going to bring that up. Folks, she does not live in Colorado. Like the no. the, the uh, Colorado Trail does not run through her backyard <laughs> from Virginia Beach. A oh, whopping I wish. 10, 10 feet above sea level. <laughs> and, you're, and you're doing that. It's interesting that you say one was good training for the other because you would think following the advice of the experts on the internet, they would tell you that training for an FKT, a multi-day you know, effort like what would require for the Colorado Trail would not translate into the training you would need speed-wise to run the third fastest time at Run Rabbit Run. Like, it would get you in shape to be able to run 100 miles pretty competently, but it's not going to give you the speed that you would need to throw down what you threw down. Yeah, I think think you're correct um i don't really have an answer for that after the colorado trail i did focus a lot on recovery but Mm -hmm. i did do some faster runs for sure to try to get that speed back but i don't really know what came over me i i do have like some some speed uh and i think i i didn't really lose that on the colorado trail uh so i'm hoping that just kind of like translated over or kind of uh seeped into uh the run rabbit if you would have told me if someone would have said to me hey ryan um go put your money down on FanDuel. there's a gal from virginia beach that's going to set the fkt on the colorado trail and when run rabbit run i'd be like you're insane how can you train 
for that altitude, for those efforts, mm-hmm. when you are 10 feet above sea level, you can run from the sea to your house. You'd have to do that a thousand times <laughs> to, get, to get the type of <laughs> elevation gain yeah. that you would need. Like, how did you, we'll start with the, with the Colorado Trail. How did you train in Virginia Beach for the, to, to, to run the Colorado Trail? That's a great question. So um, I actually won, I got second place in Run Rabbit the year prior. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't ever really made money from running. It's always been for the love of it. And that's, you know, I'm completely fine with that if that's how it is for the rest of my life. Uh, but I did get a sizable prize in 2022 from Run Rabbit. So I decided to use that money to invest back into running. And I bought a um, Nordic Track treadmill. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you got the, the pimp deluxe one with the 35 degree. 40. Up. The 40. 40. <laughs> Degree elevation game. Yeah, yeah. So that's been like key this year for training. Like I have used that thing for heat training. If I need to heat train, I'll throw a heater on myself and I'll run up, you know, at, you know, run up. Uh, and so that's, that's really the key to training for those kinds of efforts. But before that, like I even, I was even, you know, winning, I won Run Rabbit living at Virginia beach before I had the uh, Nordic track and we have a mountain mountain. I'm using little bunny ears here. Uh, it's called Mount Trashmore. I call it trash mountain, but it's a, <laughs> it's a little landfill. They put grass over it and it's about 60 feet tall. And I just, when I was training, I did that at peak heat. So that simulates like doing it at peak heat simulates, um, you know, limited oxygen that you would have at uh, altitude. So I would run up that thing up and down, up and down, up and down. And I would go to the sauna. And this was in 2022. For 2023, I used my treadmill. Uh, So there's a lot of different techniques. And I think the biggest thing that I've been learning um, and proving to myself is that, you know, if you have a goal, it's always, it's possible, it's possible to achieve it you know, depending on certain situations. But I think when I, me and my husband, we're here in Virginia Beach, he's military, so we don't really have a choice of where we go. So we're currently based in Virginia Beach and we're hoping to move somewhere a little more exciting in the next year and a half. But, uh, you know, I was really bummed out moving here, having a love for mountains and having a love for, you know, trail races. I was really bummed out and I think, I've just tried to be, I've been headstrong and I've tried to prove to myself, like it is possible to do these things when you live in a place that might not be as inspiring as, you know, Colorado. (laughs) How do you tell yourself, because Mount Trashmore is a legendary garbage heap (laughs) in Virginia Beach. Everybody knows Mount Trashmore in Virginia Beach. How, How do you mentally wrap your mind around going up and down a garbage heap, a dump, a garbage. You are running up and down garbage that has been covered with dirt and they've planted grass on it. Like, how did, how mentally do you run up and down a garbage heap? I just, I just 
prepare mentally the day before. I know I have to do it. And I throw on a couple good podcasts and you're running around other people and other people are walking up the stairs and people walk and uh, across the trash heap and it doesn't <laughs> smell. So that's good. Uh, if it smelled, that might be another case, but luckily they've done some preparation there and yeah, it's, it's boring and it's not as, uh, inspiring as running up a really cool mountain, but yeah, it's just a lot of preparation beforehand. I try to, you know, get all the food, all the water I need the night before and just make a plan to get out there and just say, all right, it's just eight miles and we're just going to do this and, you know, see what happens. And I try to switch it up too. I try to go like, I try to do different patterns on it. So if you look at my Strava, you'll see like little patterns that I've done and like little, little, not drawings per se, but they're just like little zigzags or I'll try to make like a star or something. So it's a little challenge like that. Are you the segment queen of the trash heap? I don't think I am anymore, (laughs) especially after having the Nordic track. I I think, I don't think so much anymore, but, uh, I'd have to check. (laughs) (laughs) I have to imagine that in 2022, when you are running up and down a garbage heap to get your training in, think about like you are training in the in in not favorable conditions, right? Mm-hmm. And there are runners that get to spend so much time on those trails that they just don't even know, right? They they are so spoiled by the fact that they can just hop in the car ten minutes in any direction and they're on these epic trails and you're at a garbage heap. I can imagine when you're running run rabbit run in mm. 2022 after having done that training mm. in that place it almost must have been the beauty must have been overwhelming like this is why i ran on a garbage heap for <laughs> yeah uh, you hit it on the head i was so thankful i was like overwhelmingly thankful when I was running, I think it was uh, from Summit Lake or it was like around, yeah, Summit Lake to Dry Lake and it was, the sun was going down and it was just so beautiful. And it was like, people who live in Colorado are so blessed. You're so, <laughs> so blessed. And it's so gorgeous here. So overwhelmingly gorgeous. And I mean, those people, I mean, man, how, how incredibly lucky. And I, I am incredibly lucky to live in Virginia beach because we do have the most visited state park in Virginia being first landing state park. And I am very thankful for that, even though it doesn't have any elevation gain. Uh, I do have Mount Trashmore and I also have first landing, which is these 20 miles of beautiful trails going around bald cypress trees. And I see so many like snakes and I, I have this one place on this bridge that I stop no matter the training run I do, it's a tempo run or speed or just long run. I'll stop on this bridge and I'll see all these crabs and the, the water snakes and, um, try to check for fish. And it's just like very simple things like that. And I'm very thankful for that park. So, you know, thinking too, it's like, well, even living in Virginia Beach, I am blessed as well because there's people, there are people who live in the city, like deep, deep in the city that don't have access to trails uh, near them that are that good. So I am thankful <laughs> for sure. You almost owe it to that garbage heap for the Nordic <laughs> track. Had oh, you yeah. not had Mount Trashmore, you would not have 
the <laughs> treadmill that every ultra runner dreams of until they tell their spouse how much it costs. And they're like, no, I'm sorry. $190 every month for shoes is enough. We don't need a $4,500 uh, a, a treadmill with a 40% incline. Well, yeah, uh, I think we got at a good time during Black Friday. So that was another bonus. I waited a little bit. Then I saw, I was following Nordic Track and I saw they had it on sale. And I was like, all right, we're doing this. And my husband was like, oh, okay. Cause I saved <laughs> up this money. I was waiting and we, we did it and got it. And somebody set it up, up upstairs. And that day I ran. <laughs> That's, yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you almost need to call the Nordic track like trashy mcnordic track or something just to to so so that nordic track understands where it came from yeah trash more <laughs> oh, i love i love that treadmill for sure it is i would say i will say i think anyone would agree but the treadmill is more boring than the trash heap at least with the trash heap at least with mount Trashmore, i'm seeing a bunch of people and you know there's a lot of geese you gotta dodge the geese because they, they'll chase you and uh you gotta they'll poop all over the trash heap you gotta dodge that it's exciting to be out there i don't think <laughs> tara i'm sorry I don't think any other podcast has ever addressed this. I think this, we are covering new ground. It's hard to cover new ground in ultra running podcasts because there's 9 trillion of them now, but no one has ever, ever been able to compare running on a trash heap and running on a a luxury treadmill. And and here you, you heard it here, folks, and only here on the Adventure Jogger, running on a trash heap better than running on a treadmill that's that's it's it's true well i do throw on netflix these days too um so it does go a little quicker but before i did the netflix it was definitely more boring do you watch trash tv on netflix yes oh my gosh so i'm really big into reality television uh (laughs) or netflix love is blind and i watch um the ultimatum uh, Love Island, all those dating shows. I watched, I had a Survivor kick for a little bit there. It's not so much trash TV, but that's that's a fun one as well. So really, it's kind of, your training is always kind of revolved around trash. We can just say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you could say that. <laughs> Still, here's the thing. Tara, you are uniquely qualified to psych everybody out the next race you go to. Or people are like, how was your training? It was trash. <laughs> it was it was pretty trashy. <laughs> you know, those those Netflix trash reality shows. I there was one that you need to watch. I was okay. so enraged when I saw it. I was oh, kind of so like I was like, how in the hell can you do this? This is ridiculous. There is a there is a dating show on Netflix called Down with Love. Okay. And, or down for love. Oh, I watched that. It is. I was like expecting it to be like garbage. It was so sweet oh, and so, so adorable. It, it's yeah, all about the, um, people with Down syndrome 
dating and finding mm-hmm. somebody like going on dates and finding someone yeah. to to love and i was expecting them to be exploited i was expecting yeah. it to be your typical reality tv show where they're made they're making fun of and it's mm-hmm. at the expense of and i left that show going first of all i was wrong this is so sweet it's it yeah i so that th- i think that's the same producer as love on a spectrum yes um, with the, and, the autism dating show yeah. yeah and it's yeah it's really gives you insight into um that and just like the issues that surround that kind of thing um yes. like dating um with a disability mm-hmm. and i have a very special heart for um i think anyone does but just i really uh just love the optimism of um those with that uh disability with down syndrome and it just it just warmed my heart i'm just so happy that those most of those people found love some of them didn't which was sad so sad but you know they're always so positive they have such a great support system around them i watched that too on the treadmill i think i watched in like two runs yeah because you're like and the and the parents you're like oh my god these parents are so wonderful what an amazing Mm -hmm group Mm -hmm. of of people but i was expecting to be totally outraged like starting to type my email to netflix like you sons of bitches how dare you uh yeah that would not be a good move on their part if they no no for sure so yeah so trash tv on the on the treadmill so all of that and i would think too that when you went out to colorado to do the colorado trail that had to have just been an overwhelming experience for your senses. Yeah. I mean, who gets a opportunity like that? Not many people get the opportunity to see Colorado in that way and to see, I mean, I was in like the Colorado, I was in Colorado. I was seeing all the best parts of it on, on the trail. Not a lot of people get that opportunity. And I was just like, I was loving it. I saw some really neat things, but then there's some things that I didn't see because I had, I slept about three hours a night, all the other, all other hours of the day I was moving. So there were some times where it's completely complete darkness and I didn't see, you know, the view that I was supposed to see. Uh, but when I was able to see, I, it was incredible and such, a, just such an experience. And there's so much to that adventure. There's so much to it. But I think the thing that I come out with, with the Colorado trail is also like a lot of like, um, thankfulness and Mm -hmm. the community, because I started out self-supported with my friend Liz and we had to switch over to supported because she, um, on the fourth morning, uh, was it fourth morning? The fact checkers will get you right. I'll make sure that (laughs) Spotify has the correction. uh, Yeah, on on the fourth, yeah, it was the fourth morning. On the fourth morning, we, um, she was having some um, issues. We're not quite sure what happened, Mm -hmm. but since she was with me for those first three days, uh, we had it was considered emotional support when she got off. So I had to switch over to supported, even though at that time I was still going with my backpack with all of my things. Yeah. I was carrying all of my food, all my water. I was pretty self-sufficient at that point. But after that, Liz garnered this attention online uh, from the community and keep in mind, she had never been to Colorado. I mean, I think she had been to Colorado, but she had not like traveled to Colorado. She wasn't from Colorado. So she didn't know the 
where to go, the roads. She didn't know a lot of people there. So the community really came together when she put out this call for help. And, you know, people came out of the woodwork. We had people sharing our story and so many friends came out or new friends, uh, old friends, a couple of my friends from who lived in Colorado came out to help. And by the end of it, we had this solid group of people that were following me down the trail. And that's really how the, the effort came about. That's really how everything happened was because of the community. And I'm really thankful for them. Uh, it really would not have been possible without them. Cause you could have just bailed three or four oh, yeah. days in and gone like, okay, we're going back to Virginia beach. I've got run rabbit run to prepare for. I got, I got a, a trash mound to run up. Yeah, I got to go run up that garbage heap again. <laughs> you know, it's all done to see the, to see the community rally mm-hmm. behind you. And if, again, that speaks just to the, the beauty of the ultra running community because you would think that, you know, there'd be like, we don't want this outside of taking our <laughs> FKT, some Virginia gal. Heck no. But no, everybody was just wanting to see how far you could push yourself mm-hmm. if you could take down a record that has stood for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it happened. And honestly, it wouldn't have been possible with those people without those people. And I always say this, and I think everyone says this, but, um, you know, ultra running and FKTs, especially FKTs are support FKTs. That is, is a team sport. I don't care what anyone says, unless you're doing it, like truly support, like an ultra marathon that is possible. But I usually have a crew and I always say it's a team effort because those people not only give you help they give you food water but they also give you a lot of encouragement or give me a lot of encouragement which i had plenty of on the colorado trail (laughs) what was the most beautiful scenery Mm. on the colorado trail for you like the moment when you just it stands out to you like oh my god i can't believe i'm here doing this yeah i think it was the fifth day and that's officially when i became supported by liz she got a rental car by the end of the fifth day, we were like rocking and rolling. She had the rental car. She had some food. And we both, she was climbing up a mountain with me with a pack and carrying all my like camping gear. So I didn't have to carry all that weight. And we turn around. I think it's it's on the high lonesome ultra marathon course, the 100 mile course. Um, I always forget the name of it, but it's kind of where, it's not where Twin Lakes is, but it's where the collegiate east and collegiate west meet at the top of this mountain and you look we look behind us and it's just view of the mountains and we look ahead of us and the sun's nearly going down and it's just a sunset over these mountains and yeah i was just there with my friend liz who we just got so close on that trail and i was just so excited (laughs) i was was pumped yeah see all those beautiful mountains you just can't help but think you know what? There's rocks under my feet and not garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's natural, there's no trash, just all natural. I am not running on styrofoam containers from takeout. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, yeah, I, the trash is funny, but I am really excited. They, I don't think they'll have this 
made before uh, I leave in a year and a half-ish. But there is another trash heap. I've been watching this, like, landfill being, like, <laughs> like built up. And then they're, they're slowly putting grass over it. And every time I drive by, I'm always checking it. I think it's called, like, <laughs> Bethel, Bethel Landfill or something. And I'm always checking it. And it's like, they it is way bigger than Mount Trash, where it's beautiful and big and long and... Oh, it's it's exciting. It's so exciting. Tara, you are the only person <laughs> I know who is going like, ooh, God, look at that garbage. Oh, was, that is going to be epic. I joined all these Facebook groups when I initially got to Virginia Beach and asked the same question. Does anyone know what this landfill? I sent like a pin, a location pin. It's like, does anyone know what this landfill would become in like a year or so? Do you guys know if it's going to become the same as Mount Trashmore? Everyone's like, no. No one knows. No, <laughs> it's not common. Nobody has that knowledge. It's not common knowledge. I don't think anyone cares. You're calling the mayor of Virginia Beach, going, "Hey, I have a really important question for you." He's probably thinking, "All right, she's so going to talk about you know voter registration or taxes or something." And you're like, "When's that trash heap going to be done?" Because I am sick and tired of running up trash more. I need a new garbage heap to run up. I was thinking like. I should like ask. I was thinking of like emailing whoever was in charge of that landfill and being like, hey, can I just like run up the part that is already grassed over? Is that cool with y'all? Uh, I was desperate. I was really desperate. So the fact that I did have some success living here and just running up a tr- mountain of trash, you know, it, it does really excite me. And that I am really thankful. I didn't think that would be possible and have an amount of success and you know i did have i did have some success with it so it does work i that's why i said when i was done with run rabbit i was like mal trashmore works mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right everyone's like how did what is her secret you're like the little place called mount trashmore oh, do yeah. you know because you're you're an ultra all you run for ultra yeah I'm, I'm a development athlete for ultra yeah so Ultra names their shoes after a lot of them are named after mountain peaks. You've got the superiors yeah. and, and lone peaks and, and all of that, the temps and the what have you. I think you need to go to Ultra and say, listen, I think Ultra needs because Nike came out with a recycled shoe. It was a huh. it was a it's a, it's the Nike, it's not a trail shoe, it's the Nike Zoom Turbo Nature, where they oh. use recycled a uh, foam they use recycled the whole the like like 90% of the shoe is recycled right you need to get ultra in the recycle game that's a great idea you need to have them make a recycled shoe called the trashmore <laughs> the trash i mean that sounds really cool that sounds super cool trashmore trashmore sh- the shoe the 0% drop trashmore <laughs> you know 100% recycled zero drop <laughs> I love that. Zero mess. All, all trash. <laughs> we have I the, love that. The, the amount of waste is the same as our drop. Zero. <laughs> I think we're onto something. I think we are. I, you know, I think we just possibly created the next big seller uh, yeah. for Ultra. I mean, I'm buying a lot of them. Heck yeah. Move over Lone Peaks. Like what? The trash mores are the number. Like you're going to outsell the, the speed goats. All of a sudden you're going to have the premier shoe on the market. Oh, that's such a good idea. It's genius. 
<laughs> take that one run with it run with it it'd be great <laughs> was there was there a moment tara on the colorado trail we talked about a a beautiful moment of scenery that stuck out to you mm-hmm. and it was the the mountain range was there a beautiful moment of generosity from the community that sticks out to you during oh, that effort pretty much the entire thing i'm just really thankful uh, about the fifth day is when um nope yep around the fifth day is when we really started getting a lot of like attention she put out a call um and a lot of people were just like sharing our story uh virtually and that was really exciting and then um when everyone started coming out like Lindsay mcdonald came out uh, and she paced me and my friend christine um and then uh well liz was there the entire time um and then uh michael came out he is um he lives in durango and he ended up staying with me for a 50 mile section and carrying all my stuff. I mean, he was a real trooper. My friend Reese, Melinda and Doug. I mean, the list, the list just goes on and on. These, these people just come out and they have like jobs and they have things to do and they decide to spend their time helping me. So, I mean, that's just incredible generosity and then just one one that i can think of is uh this lady came over and she said you want this peach i was like i've never had a peach before she's like here's here's a peach and i ate my first peach on the colorado trail it's a palisade peach you've never had a peach before i've had a peach now i've had a peach i've had a peach on the colorado trail she gave it to me and i ate it at and my crew was like, they were like, I don't know if you should eat that because sometimes people have reactions <laughs> and I'm very, I'm allergic to the world. I'm allergic to the outdoors hates me. I love the outdoors. The outdoors hates me. Uh, but they're like, I don't know if that's a good idea. And I just, I, I went for it and I was fine. You know, you seem to buck the trend of what everybody says is possible. You know, people would say like, listen, you have to train like you're going to race in a similar situation, right? And you're like, nah, I got that. I got a treadmill. I got trash. That's all. I, that's all I need. Um, you can't win races at altitude if you live ten feet above sea level. You can't. You can't train for big mountain races and win those. You prove that wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think you've proven the whole "do not try new foods" at races. You've never had a peach before, ever. And you're like, hey, let's go for it. I mean, there's going to be one day that I'm going to like learn my lesson doing all these things or something. I know it's coming. I'm just waiting. Like it's it's not if it's when. You're you're living on borrowed time, Tara. It's, yeah. it's, it's coming. I'm just. It's really just luck at this point. <laughs> so you're just going to go. You're going to get cocky, and they're you're going to be like, I've never had one of those. Let me have one now. And it's going to ruin your whole race. Oh, let's see. What other fruits have I not had before? Like a, uh, what is it? A dragon fruit? Yeah. I don't think I don't think I've had a dragon fruit, so I could always try that on the trail and just see. Try that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I have to know because a peach is rather common food. Like right. A peach is not strange. Um, is there any other common food that you've never had? So a cherry. I had a cherry for the first time this year too. I have had. Where did I you have, grow up? Like, how did I've, you not have a peach and a cherry? So I've had 
peach flavored things and cherry flavored things like the cherry airhead was one of my favorites uh but have i had the physical thing no <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it's kind of like with altitude it's like well i don't have a lot of altitude so i'll get the artificial kind uh it's kind of like the food like well i'll eat the the real thing when i'm in 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 the thing like in the effort uh but otherwise i'll just have the artificial so i have to know because we all know that artificial cherry doesn't taste anything like regular cherry oh yeah at all i mean it's not even close it's red that's about the only thing artificial (laughs) cherry flavoring has in common with actual cherries is they're both red that's it that's what it has in common (laughs) so you had built up an expectation. I'm sure the peaches as well, because you had peach flavored stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, you'd built up the expectation that a cherry is going to taste like cherry cough syrup, which is fantastic. The best cough syrup out there, uh-huh. or cherry taffy, or yep. your cherry Twizzlers. <laughs> yep. Cherry, cherry airhead is my favorite. Yeah. Cherry sure. airheads. You've had so many cherry airheads. You're like, I love cherries, man. I can't <laughs> wait to have a real one. <laughs> And then you have a real cherry and you go, this doesn't taste anything like a cherry airhead. You know, I I think the cherry was okay, but when I tasted grapes for the first time, I was disappointed. Grapes taste nothing. Absolutely nothing like grape flavored stuff. Absolutely nothing. That's the most surprising one. (laughs) When, When did you just have grapes? So I've had them off and on through my life, yeah. not a lot, but I, I, I ate some over the summer again and they were okay. And I, I don't, I, they weren't, they weren't my favorite. I was unenthused. <laughs> <laughs> right now, every vegan is going like, I, my God, she eats candy. <laughs> oh yeah. It's candy mama. <laughs> Is that the where candy is so much better? Is that where the nickname Candy Mama comes from? Uh, oh yeah, on the so me and my husband hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2019, and that's my trail name. Hold on. Okay. What trail did you hike? The Appalachian Trail. <laughs> oh, do, do you have people that say Appalachian? Well, Appala- Appalachian. Appalachian. Yeah, Appalachian. I have been fighting this fight. Honestly, I, I felt like the only person on planet Earth who's been fighting the fight to get people to pronounce that trail correctly. And I was starting to think like, my God, maybe I'm a lunatic. Oh, no, no. And I kept being like, no, the, which trail? You know, even people that have been on talking about FKTs, I'm like, you mean the Appalachian Trail? And they're like... Oh know the Appalachian. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. That's, that's not a thing. I've been fighting that for the longest time. Where Where are you from originally? Uh, originally okay, so originally I'm from Wisconsin and I live in oh. Tennessee now. And a, fr- a friend of mine born in, in West Virginia in the hollers of West Virginia. Um, and so he's, I remember saying to him the Appalachian Trail and he told me the story of, of that name and how if you look into it, the people of that region call it Appalachia. It is Mm. the Appalachian Trail. And when the trail started gaining popularity, news anchors were talking about it. People were talking about it, and they didn't like the way Appalachian sounded. They thought it sounded stupid and simple and poor. And so they, they changed the pronunciation so it sounded better to Appalachian Trail. Wow. Even though Appalachian does not follow any rules of the English language to get those letters to say that that word. <laughs> and so he told me that 
it's almost disrespectful to the people mm-hmm. of that area to call it Appalachian. And they know the second you say it, they're like, you ain't mm-hmm. from here. They know like this second. And it's all, and so he was like, told me that it's a, it's respectful to the people who built that area, who, who settled that area, who, you know, have lived in that area for generations to say mm-hmm. Appalachian. And to try and correct this huge error of pronunciation back to the original uh, pronunciation. So when you said Appalachian Trail, I was going to bring that up later, and I was going to I was going to try and gauge the look on your face of when I said, "Hey, you through hiked the Appalachian Trail," and you were going to go like, "The what?" But you said it first, and you said it right. Oh yeah, well yeah, that's that's I never knew the history of uh, why it's called that. I've always wondered. I have a YouTube channel as well, and I talk a lot about the Appalachian Trail a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have every so often I have a commenter that's like, "You are dumb. That's not how you say Appalachian." I'm like, "All right, calm down. First off, it's and like, second of all, you're wrong." Yeah, it's like I love people that are so confidently wrong, and then they leave their comments up. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're an idiot. It's called the Appalachian Trail. And you're like, no, it's not. And then people are like, they still leave it up there. Yeah, I really don't understand that. You're so right about like the, like in English, like I, I don't even know where you get Appalachian. Like there's no SH in that. There was some news reporter with really great hair and they were putting the makeup on his face. And he's like, I'm not reading Latin. It's a, I'll sound like some some poor hillbilly. I'm going to change the way that people say it. They'll say the Appalachian Trail because it sounds fancier. So, uh, Well, yeah. So, I mean, with that, the Appalachian Trail, that's where Candy Mama comes from. Um, and I'm glad we uh, established uh we both agree on the pronunciation. Yeah, we're 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 bonded by our 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 <laughs> our our pronunciation and our snobbish pronunciation of the original way of of saying Appalachian Trail. Um, were you called Candy Mama because you just had so much candy on you all the time? Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, you handed out candy at Candy Mama." I was like, "No, I ate my candy." Airheads, like I said, was my favorite. Mm-hmm. It was the blueberry Airhead, then it was the cherry one, and then after that, it was like watermelon and all those ones. You get the little little ones. I had a bag of it each resupply every four to five days. I ate the whole thing, um, and then I just was a mom. I mommed everyone. I look back and I kind of cringe, but I just <laughs> I just wanted to make sure my friends were eating. My husband didn't have Lyme's disease. Everything was all good. Like, we're all having a good time. If you're not, I'm going to fix it. But after the trail, you know, Candy Mama, after eating every four to five days, eating an entire bag of airheads, something's going to happen. I go to the dentist and I have, I'm very cavity prone as it is, but I have I six wonder cavities. why. I, oh God, I wonder why. <laughs> they, yeah. So they found the six cavities and it was it was not a good it was not a fun day for me to have those worked on and pretty much always have cavities it's i take care of my teeth i floss now i use i brush (laughs) my teeth i brush i've always brushed my teeth but now i'm flossing so that should help and the the dentist also told me eat chocolate because it'll melt off your teeth if you eat the airheads it's going to get stuck in there and it's not going to melt easily especially when you uh, are on the trail and it's like brushing isn't 
the top priority. I hate that I admit that, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I, I love that. Just recently you've discovered peaches, cherries, and flossing. <laughs> oh yeah. It's it's a new day. I turned 30 recently, so I gotta I gotta get in all that life experience. <laughs> you know, dentists and doctors are the most lied to people on planet Earth. When your when your dentist was looking at your teeth, did they say, "Do you eat a lot of candy?" And you said, "Like not more than the regular person." No, no, they they didn't ask. Do you ask candy? They said, "What kind of candy do you eat?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like unfortunately, airheads. Uh, that's they're like that's the worst one. It's like that. It's like zero out of five dentists recommend Airheads. Like none of them. We can't find a single dentist to recommend Airheads at all. Except for, except for, except for that one that was paid off by Airheads. By the big Airhead conglomerate. Yeah, yeah. It's like that thing that came out about Lucky Charms. How they like. I think they like paid something or someone to essentially make it known that it's like a healthy alternative for breakfast there was something that came out a little bit ago about how they like something they were like uh they paid off someone in order for lucky charms to be considered healthy there was some nutritionist that general mills is like hey hey doctor so and so we're glad you're here at general mills you know have you enjoyed the tour we actually brought you here for a very important reason we're willing to give you an amount of money, just, you know, here's a piece of paper. Why don't you write, <laughs> I want you to write a number down. How much would it take for us to pay you to say that Lucky Charms is a nutritious breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> write down a number. Right, just, just slide that, slide that number on over here. We'll take a look at it and see what we can do. <laughs> I mean, I was excited to hear that from somebody who eats sugary cereals every morning. That's how I start my morning. That was exciting. That was good news. <laughs> I was like, heck yeah. Did you see this? Did you see the paper? The paper says. <laughs> one nutritionist out of 1,000 said it was healthy. <laughs> well, it's all you need is one. That is all you need is one nutritionist to be like. I think it's a nutritious breakfast, and I think you probably couldn't do anything better for your body than do that altogether. Um, uh, all right, so as a candy connoisseur, three favorite, three top candies of all time. Yeah, so it's changed since the, the Appalachian Trail. I've tried to take care of my teeth better. Uh, let's see. Mm, let's see. Oh, what's my favorite? Oh, man. You know, I, I always go back to Airheads. That, that is my favorite. <laughs> Even if I can't eat it, it's still so good. Mm-hmm. I like M&M's. Mm-hmm, good. And I am forgetting all the candies that I ate on the Colorado Trail. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? I'm allergic. Peanut butter. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. Coming, I mean, a hiker. Every, peanut butter's in every single hiker snack power bar whatever it's in everything yeah i'm i'm complaining a little bit but i know there's nut free options these days i am happy to live in 2023 because there's a lot of nut free uh options out there but no reese's cups um okay what about like a milky way are you a milky way fan 
Not so much. Caramel's not my favorite because when I was in the fourth grade, I mistaken peanut butter for caramel. And I thought what I was eating was caramel, but it was peanut butter. And so ever since then, I've been kind of like salty towards caramel. I'm like, you tricked me. It wasn't caramel's fault. Like it didn't mislabel itself. (laughs) Because it was, because it existed, it was its fault. (laughs) 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 all right junk food master three best garbage cereals that they have to pay a lot of money to a nutritionist to say it's a healthy breakfast yeah um okay so lucky charms obviously that's like number one captain crunch mm, okay captain crunch number one lucky charms number two and number three i've been trying to be more healthy but i still i know this isn't a healthy option still but it's the frosted mini (laughs) (laughs) that's my healthy option (laughs) (laughs) honey we're turning over a new leaf I'm going to eat healthy. I've got frosted mini wheats. I mean, coming from Lucky Charms, it's way it's way healthier, more of an option of health. You know, between running up and down a garbage heap and eating the garbage you eat, the real mystery is how are you still alive? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder that, especially after ultra marathons, when I have such an adverse reaction to the running, uh, my body just rebels against me. Something's got to something's got to break at some point. Exactly. You could live a life of luxury. You know, you could just stay at home, you know, and eat garbage food and just just roll brush your teeth and floss and and be fine. Um, But you had to get into the world of trail and ultra running. Oh yeah. I love it. It's <laughs> well, you know, you think about it and it's like, everyone has their thing. Everyone yeah. has their thing. That's not great for them. Right. Uh, you have a lot of things that are not great for you. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's whatever maximizes the time you have here. And I think, you know, I don't think ultra marathons are necessarily bad for me. I think sometimes the impact some of them might have on my body. And, you know, when I have, you know, when I can't keep the food down, uh, that could be bad. But I think everyone has the thing in their life that isn't the best, but it still gives them a lot of, it gives them a quality of life. And I think the ultra marathons and the lucky charms, the airheads are giving me a lot of quality of life. I would agree. How did a college rugby player find the world of ultra running? Well, you know, I, I've thought about that a little bit. It's, uh, I think it's the challenge. I think those challenging sports, those challenging things, I've always been drawn to. I've been cha- I've enjoyed being challenged. So I remember someone telling me, "You're not built for rugby. That's not a sport for you." I found a home in rugby because anyone can play rugby because any body type is allowed. You know, you have the fast people who are small and thin and can get through those uh, rucks and they can get through those tackles. You have those bigger people who can tackle and ruck and uh, scrum. And you have those short people who can get in that scrum and uh, hook that ball back. So, I mean, everyone has a place on the field. And uh, I think, transitioning to ultra marathons was easy because I've just always enjoyed like a challenge. And when somebody was like, you know, hundred, that's a lot of impact on your body, hundred miles. That's like, that's hard. I was like, yeah, I'm excited. 
Your whole life, Tara, has been an exercise in playful defiance. <laughs> like someone tells you you shouldn't do something, you're like, oh, really? Because here I go. <laughs> like, I'm sure people said, like, you cannot hike the Appalachian Trail on just candy. And you're like, I can't. Watch me. And I got I women tend to get more muscular than men. Um, that tends to happen. But I looked a lot better than my husband looked after the trail. He, <laughs> men tend to get really scrawny. Women tend to get muscular and like, we're really built for that long distance travel. And I just was like, yeah, like, right. I was like, my calves are large and in charge. And Jonathan looked not saying anything about Jonathan. He, hopefully he's not <laughs> listening in the other room, but you know, Jonathan was a little less uh, built than I was. And so, you know, there we go. I mean, the candy did something for me. He didn't eat as nearly as much candy as I did. There you go. There's a science yeah. folks. Her poor husband <laughs> ate like regular food and yeah, like rations health. and stuff and healthy things. And he yeah. looked like a, like a, like skin and bones. And yeah. Tara looked ripped. She looked like yeah. cut and defined. You should have got a shirt that says body by airheads. <laughs> <laughs> The number one recommended candy by one <laughs> nutritionist. <laughs> How did the recovery go? Getting back to uh, Run Rabbit Run here in the, in the Colorado Trail. How do you, because an eight-day effort, I mean, that's, 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 that's hard on the body. I mean, 100 milers are hard on the body, but an eight-day repeated effort, is hard on the body. How did you recover from Colorado, but still give yourself the training time necessary to build the speed and to keep the endurance to go hard at Run Rabbit Run? Yeah. Um, I think I just really listened to my body. And whenever I felt ready to train, that was when I was going to go ahead and train. And when I started training, back up i think it was a couple weeks after maybe like two weeks maximum um and i i would like do a little couple runs and like just like i remember the first run back was pretty hard to do i was i had to walk a bunch and i was a little tired and i just kept trying to feel out my body and i remember it took a while to feel normal again i had some posts where i just said like i don't feel good I am upset that the recovery is taking longer than I'm used to with the Colorado trail. This is taking a little long. Um, I didn't feel a hundred percent for a while. And I think it was maybe like, I want to say like three, three weeks before uh, run rabbit is when I was like, okay, I'm feeling pretty fast and strong again. And this is two weeks before run rabbit. I was actually headed out there to acclimate yeah. for run rabbit too. So it coincided perfectly with getting out there, but I really just listened to my body and trusted that, you know, I had this big base built up before the Colorado trail, but also from the Colorado trail, I had this big, you know, large base from that. Um, and just trusted the fact that, you know, I, I do have the fitness and I can compete. Uh, I, I do believe, you know, hundred miles specifically and run rabbit, it's really a mental 
race. Hundred milers are really mental, especially that I, I try to warn people as much as possible with run rabbits. Like that last thirty miles is really tough. It's a mental game. You're out there on your own. You don't have a crew access. Um, you are out there. So really taking advantage of that thirty miles can you know, put you in a great spot. So I, from the Colorado trail, I had all of this experience from, I mean, before that too, but I have a lot of experience with just being out there and just getting through it and, you know, realizing like, Hey, it sucks right now, but we're going to get through this and, um, it's going to be fine. And I think I had that experience. I'm not saying any of the other women didn't have that. I'm sure a lot of them did. I mean, they finished the race. So, I mean, that's incredible, but I'm just saying like, just, I think I, I had that knowledge going into the race because I had done it a year before and, um, I was able to like mentally prepare for that. And just like the key to that race for me was just keep moving, just keep moving do really quick uh, crew because uh, it's easy to get sucked into the crew, into the whole yeah. uh, event. I mean, there's so many people there. It's so exciting to see people for the first time in forever. And, you know, you can get stuck where those crew access points are. So I just told myself and my crew, we're going to get through here really quick and do those really quick crew spots. Um, so it was really about moving when I could and moving as efficiently as possible and then doing really quick crew spots. And then, you know, I worked my way up about 50 miles in and was in a really good spot. Uh, I was around first at 50 miles and just tried to keep that spot. Uh, I had Christy connect who was on my tail. She is, that was her first hundred miler and she got second. Uh, But she was, she was a fierce competitor for sure. She was not letting up. But yeah, that that was the key right there. I don't know what your question was, but I just went on a tangent. Hey, you just answered like nine other questions that I had. <laughs> like you just, you know, I'm not even necessary in this conversation. You could take me completely out, and it would still be uh, an absolutely great episode. Um, so it sounded like you felt strong and fast when you arrived at the starting line of mm-hmm. Run Rabbit Run, and then was the goal to win the race? The goal, I, um, the goal was to do, the goal was, according to my coach, yes, the goal was to win, but I think I wanted to focus also on my time. That was a big focus for me. Um, just going off of what Annie Hughes did the year prior, she Mm. said she made a time chart and just tried to keep to that for the first bit. And then like, for me, so she kept her time chart throughout the race. I, th- I believe you'd have to ask her, but I'm pretty sure she kept to it the entire time. But for me, I was like, okay, keep to this time chart for the first 30. We're just trying to go out there do better than we did last year. And then, um, you know, that's when you want to race. That's when you want to race people. So I got an idea of where people were after the first, uh, f- 50 miles. And I, that's when, you know, that's when you want to race the race. Right. Uh, so my coach, my coach is Carl Meltzer and he always tells me, you don't, you don't win the race in the first half. It's always one in the second, obviously. So I just kept that in mind. And, um, it was kind of twofold, like first take care of your body, take care of yourself and then race at the end. It's gotta be nice having the speed goat as a coach simply because he's a guy who's been in the winning circle, if you will, 
so many times in a hundred miler that I'm sure when he says something, you're like, I really can't argue with the speed goat. Yeah, he's got a lot of experience uh, just being a competitive 100-miler, and that's really what I want to keep doing. I want to keep running 100-milers competitively, so he's the perfect coach for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, Do you prefer chasing or being chased? Chasing, for sure. 100%. So then you're – so here you are at Run, Rabbit, Run, and you've got half the race – you get to chase for half the race and then you're being chased for the other half. It's almost like you want to say to yourself like, man, I really should have slowed it down just a little bit so I could have a little <laughs> more time to to chase. It was almost like you were running and I don't want to say scared, not in a bad way, but you were running knowing, constantly thinking of a person behind you, which can kind of change just mentally how you run a race. I think I, I felt calm about it because I was getting the experience I wanted. I was doing way better than the times I put on my time chart. So I was really proud of myself for that. Um, I was like, all right, well, I'm doing exactly what I came out here to do. Um, and I'm, I'm still in first. It's not always about the place. Like the place, I, I have these mixed feelings about the place, places in a race. Um, it does feel great. Don't get me wrong. It feels amazing. And I don't know if I have like the correct words to put it in for like placing well in a mm-hmm. race. Um, but I, I thought to myself, which calmed me down a lot when Christy was on my tail, we were no further than eight mi- eight minute. Yeah, eight minutes away from each other. She was, um, I started gaining a little more time, but it was like eight minutes. Then at Long Lake, it was like 13. And then at the top of Mount Warner, I think it was still 13. And then I tried to extend that gap. But what I thought out there, what calmed me down was like, well, if Christy does pass me, she will have to work for it. This will have to be, this will have to be tough for her. If she passes me, she deserves the win. Uh, so I wasn't going to let up anytime soon. Wow. And that's such a great way to, to flip it, right? As someone who prefers the chase, now you're like, okay, well, if she is going to pass me, she's going to have to work hard to do it. Like she's going to have to yeah. earn passing me. Yeah. And then it kind of put it kind of put peace. It gave me a little peace knowing that like I was doing my best that I could. I was leaving it all out on the trail. Um, you know, if she passed me, I was like, that's her race. She did it. Right. It's not my day, but she's going to have to work real hard to, it's, it's going to be a, a, an epic day because at mm-hmm. some point, you know, the finish line is approaching mm-hmm. and you're checking your watch and you're going, my God, this is quick. This is yeah. really quick. This is one of the fastest times anyone has run this race. Mm-hmm. And then you cross the finish line. How did that feel for you? I don't think I realized well I okay so I knew I was going really fast I was like really excited for that Um, but I don't think I really like let myself this happened with the Colorado Trail too but I don't let myself get to a point of like I'm winning or oh wow I'm gonna set like a really good time on this trail I don't let myself get there because I always have in the back of my head like what if I trip and fall (laughs) smack my head at blood gushes out or what if I like break an ankle or something? Um, that's just like slightly in the back of my head. Um, but I always just try to stay in the moment, stay in that mile. Cause I, I do have a lot of anxiety and I've through trails through, through hiking, through, um, these efforts that I've done, I have worked 
tremendously on my anxiety and I feel like I'm in a really positive place. And something that has always helped me is staying in that mile, staying where you are in this moment. Um, but I guess to answer your question, when I started getting really close, when I knew like, okay, something really, really bad is going to have to happen for me not to do this. Um, when I, and that was pretty much when I saw the like finish line. Um, and even then I was like worried I was going to faint or something because I was not doing okay. Like my, I lost feeling in my hands and my arms. Um, and my husband was, uh, running down the mountain with me where we he was doing the last bit with me. I was like, I was telling, him, I was like, Jonathan, I'm not doing well. Like I'm physically, I'm not well And my arms and hands. I couldn't feel them. So even then when I saw the finish line, I was like, Oh dang it. I hope I really stay with it here. Um, but to answer your question, all that to say, when I noticed the time when I crossed that finish line and uh, Leah Yingling told me, like, you got the third best time and all these things, like, you won this prize and you did this and this. And I was like, I was like, I was just really emotional and I couldn't, I, I always get, I my finish line things are always, like, really dramatic and obnoxious <laughs> but i can't help it like i know i'm i look obnoxious and i smell terrible and i'm like i see other people cross the finish line and they look so graceful and like they look strong i am like barely hanging on and i got blood places and i i smell bad and i've got dirt all over um like finishing black canyon i had blood on my face on my hands on my legs um i'm always looking so dramatic it's so embarrassing it's so <laughs> embarrassing uh but i was i was just really excited and i was emotional i was like when leah was telling me all this stuff i was like partially crying and it was like it was it was it was dramatic i would say it was a dramatic ending someday you're gonna get that perfect finish line where you're gonna be like mm -hmm. well I'm glad you're here, I Run Far, because I got a lot of things I want to talk to you about in a very calm manner. Yeah, I know. that. Seriously, though, people finish races, and I'm like, how do you do it, Courtney? When she finishes, she's smiling. She's she's looking around, waving. She's high-fiving, and I can't barely keep it together. I can't even stand. <laughs> That's your new training. That's what you're yeah. going to move on to training next is to not fall apart at the, at the finish line. Yeah. 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 That's that, that, that will be for sure. The new training. And I, I am always so nervous finishing these races because I always have like adverse reactions to like the finish. Um, the, actually run rabbit. I didn't have a really bad reaction. I did have to get to get an IV um, mm -hmm. and everything, but like a lot of races I've like, thrown up a lot afterwards and had a lot of other things happen and it's not fun <laughs> it's not great and then maybe that's because my body's like you fill us with lucky charms and then you expect us to run 100 miles i'm so mad at you that's what i just imagined like my mind's like somewhere else and my body's like so pissed at me like what is wrong with you it's like you could have had us run this on avocados imagine <laughs> if we had avocados and swiss chard and no and whole wheat toast <laughs> <laughs> but no you're making us run this on lucky charms so guess what when we get to the finish line and there's and there's I run far and there's Aravipa's there with Jamil's got his camera out and they got the live feed. You're gonna cry and you're gonna throw up everywhere because you did this to me. 
with your lucky charms. I like to I like to imagine that. And you know, during the broadcast, I don't remember this, but they were recording me as I was getting the IV and had this reflective blanket on me. I was like, it's like looking all dazed and whatnot. And uh uh paul nelson who's with uh the trail junkie photography he was yeah. like doing a story of like and showing like my body i was talking to the medic i was like so i've seemed to lost feeling in my hands <laughs> and my arms but i think i might have regained some feeling now like <laughs> i sound like an idiot <laughs> but that's really i mean that's what happens it's like it's survival after a race yeah. and i don't know what i'm doing wrong it must be, I need to fuel my body better. I don't know. <laughs> it seems to be working for you. Here's the thing. Yeah. If, if, if you weren't doing what you were doing, I'd be like, you know, maybe it's time to talk to a nutritionist and mm-hmm. it's time to dial in your nutrition and start to eat some avocado toast. That could be whole wheat <laughs> with some avocado on there. You'll be ready to go. But I think it's working for you. Uh, and I'm sure the doctors at the finish line, when they said, when's the last time you're able to keep some food down? You're like, I had a bowl of Lucky Charms at mile 65. And then they're like, okay, <laughs> you keep shocking them. How do you, how do you feel in a race though? Knowing that you're the candy mama, that you're the lucky charms connoisseur, um, which, but what's your favorite shape, by the way, of the lucky charms bowl? <laughs> green clovers. Are you a green clovers gal? Oh. I would say the rainbows. Okay. All right. Good. That's a good. The rainbows. And then they also have those ones that turn into, I forget what it was. They turn into something else when you put water on them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I am sure that that is perfectly healthy. Marshmallows are supposed to change when you put milk on them. They're supposed (laughs) to transform into something else. That's completely natural for marshmallows to do. (laughs) Well, according to that one nutritionist, (laughs) I'm listening to them. Um, (laughs) So as far as fueling during a race, uh, Uh, I was thinking back to when I started trail running and 100 mile races and I remember the first one I did I I survived on like cosmic brownies and gushers uh, (laughs) and like goldfish gushers (laughs) oh and then I I, yeah and then I had a really bad reaction to all that sugar at blood rock really wow and my this guy who like I know Hunter I met him there in person but we know each other from social media he looked at my food and he's like do you want like something else do you want to try like something else i was like yeah sure uh that's when i learned about race nutrition how important that is you can't survive off of gushers (laughs) apparently i don't know cosmic brownies and gushers (laughs) and goldfish don't forget the goldfish that's where i got my salt (laughs) electrolytes you know it's so funny because you probably spent a grand total of $5.73 <laughs> for the entire race between the, I don't, you know, the cosmic. Goldfish, goldfish are, ex, or not goldfish, gushers are expensive. Well, they they come the, six in the pack. Yeah. And it's like $3. <laughs> it's too much. They got to work to get the juice in there. That, that's extra. That's, yeah, that's, that is true. That I always cost, wonder how they do that. Was it, was it Hunter Leininger that? Yes, Hunter. Yeah. Love Hunter. Yeah. I'm sure I know Hunter and I'm sure he was like, so where's the rest of this stuff? No, that's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah Hunter. Yeah. He, he was a saint at that race. So what a good guy. What a good person he is. Yeah. I just really appreciate Hunter for being very gentle with me too. And being like, that's probably not what you should eat during a hundred mile race. So what did, what did Hunter teach you? 
as far as food and nutrition is concerned? He just kind of uh, gave me the food that he had, um, and it was a little better. Uh, I, I forget what it was. I think it was uh, just more salty foods. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I forget what it was, but he gave me foods that actually fueled me, and I, I felt a whole lot better. I was getting bloated from all the sugar I was eating. Um, but these days I eat a combination of foods and I actually learned before run rabbit, you should be training and eating these things. You should just eat them at the race. And I realized that I was like, Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Why I always feel so disgusted by these foods during a race. Cause I'm, you know, it's this high energy thing and I'm like eating these things I'm not used to and I throw it up and that's been the trend for all these races I've tried spring energy um and I would throw it up I trained with spring energy uh waffles uh mortons Mm -hmm. and um this I forget what it's called but it's these like little chews too and I I ate really well on the trail until I was like, okay, I'm done with eating for a little bit. And I would take a little break, but then I would always fuel and I felt really good. So a combination of spring Morton's and, um, um, those chews and what else I say, the, um, Oh gosh. Oh, uh, waffles. Yeah. And then tailwind. There was a point where I really was not hydrated. So I was doing a lot of tailwind too and trying to get that down as well. And I learned, well, dang it, I should be training with this. So before that, I, I trained with it. Um, but in every race prior to that, I would just eat and drink these things because they're so dang expensive. Yes. They're way more expensive than Gushers. Um, I will tell you right now that for the cost of one spring energy drink or energy gel. And I'm saying this as a, as a fan, I love spring. It's good stuff. You could buy two boxes of cosmic brownies. Yes. Yes. What, what kind of deal is that? I know. Think about all the calories in two full boxes of cosmic brownies, (laughs) as opposed to the 250 calories you're getting for the $6 speed nut. I know. Yeah. Well, I don't eat speed nut that has the nuts in it. Oh, that's right. So which one is your favorite? Canterbury and um, is that what it's called? Canterbury? Yeah, I've, I remember telling someone that I think that's the biggest the biggest BS name. I know they call it <laughs> yeah. They call it Canterbury because of Sage Canada. There's yeah. no cannabis in that. I know. I thought the same thing there up are, until like a little bit ago. All I can think of is there's somebody that bought that <laughs> and was sitting at a party and just took a whole Canterbury <laughs> just waiting. Like, when is this going to kick in? Dang. Like when? Like, like, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I have good nutrition, but I am, I am not high. What the heck? I have, I have a high tolerance for THC. I took this Canterbury three hours ago. I'm not feeling a thing. <laughs> I feel perfectly fueled, <laughs> but not high. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I also do awesome sauce, mm-hmm, which I really like as yeah, well. Yeah. Great things to be using on your training runs. I recommend any new runner to be training with the nutrition you're going to be using in a race. That's something, there's a lot of things in this whole adventure of ultra running that I'm learning and uh, just tweaking. Yeah. And I'm taking people's advice seriously and some people's advice not so seriously. Yeah. Do you, because I will do this, I will admit this fully. If I see spring at a race, I'm grabbing a handful and stick it in my shorts. 
that's such that's that's a that's a great idea um i carl's all about being like as minimal as possible just bring the nutrition you think you'll need so if i was in like a chill race i think i might do that that's that's a great idea <laughs> that's like that's like 60 dollars right there that handful i know i know, I know. It's like why are shorts so sticking out on the side that's because they're full of spring energy gels <laughs> is she using them no she's saving them for later <laughs> So you got last year, you got the small check for, Mm -hmm. but the small check bought you the pimp deluxe Nordic track. You are the envy of the neighborhood. Um, This year you got the big check. You got the giant, ginormous publisher's clearinghouse sized check from run rabbit run. What, what's the total for the winner this year? Yeah, so the first place men and women get 15,000 and then I also went won the uh team challenge with my partner Jimmy Elam and we got an extra 250 or 2500 uh, $2, each. So you got a giant check for $17,500. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do the math real quick. How many boxes of of cosmic brownies can that buy? Oh my gosh. Um hang on. They're, well, they're like what $2 it's it's $1.99, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 17 50 <laughs> divided by 1.99. That is 8,793 boxes of cosmic brownies. But are they the ones from Aldi's? Aldi's has them cheaper. No, that would be 17,000 boxes of cosmic brownies. Now, to bring in the home the, the nutrition again, how many spring energy gels will you be able to buy with $17,500? The correct answer is five. <laughs> oh, it's it's so expensive, but it is so good. You got to pay taxes on that, by the way. You ready to oh, you ready to pay God. taxes as a professional runner? Oh, um, yeah, that's Jonathan's job. My husband, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the tax guy. The IRS doesn't listen to this podcast. You go ahead. <laughs> you don't, don't claim that on my account. The IRS is not not listening to this. But that had to feel pretty good. Do you have any big plans for the seventeen five? Are you going to buy a nicer treadmill or or maybe cover this one in gold? What are you going to do? Um, so there's there's a couple things I'm thinking about doing with it, um, but I haven't quite. It's it's me and Jonathan's money. We've we've had a couple ideas. Uh, I have actually a note here because we've just been trying to be smart with it. You mm-hmm. don't want to just that's I mean that's life changing money right, right there. Right, yeah. And I don't want to just go ahead and uh, spend on anything. So as far as investing back into running, mm-hmm. there's a couple things that I wanted to get in order to or just save for in order to. Um, you know, further my running. So the poles I've been using, the running poles I've been using, I, this lady, I used to work at a hostel in the Appalachian Trail and she uh, thought her poles were broken. So she left them. She just left them. They were really good black diamond. Yeah. uh, The black diamond ones that are really light. And so she left those. Those are so expensive. So I, I took them, I fixed them up. I put a little epoxy on them and, you know, a little duct tape here and there and they're perfect. But I thought it's about time for me to get some 
trekking pole. So I'm going to get the lecky, the supreme, Ooh. you know, the top of the notch yeah. leckies. Yeah. So those I'm going to get uh, compression boots. The I forget what they're called. The yeah, mm-hmm. the, you know what I'm talking Living about. Living your best life. The the boots. Uh, those, those boots were made for sitting on the couch and recovering. That's what they were uh, made for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then possibly we're me and Jonathan are still going between an altitude tent. Uh, it's a very expensive, but it, I don't know if it, I talked with, uh, Arlen Glick and he said it's worth the money, but it doesn't quite, the altitude tent doesn't quite get you all the way to where you're acclimated perfectly. So I'm trying to like decide if like that money is, um, to go towards that is like worth it. Um, but other than that, me and Jonathan, we want to, uh, do a remodel of one of our bathrooms, um, and then we actually put in taxes on this note. We actually <laughs> did the taxes. That was a Jonathan thing. He's like, you should put the taxes in there so we know how much we need to save for that. So just so anyone knows, the taxes is $2,800 is set aside for. Taxes. If the IRS is listening, <laughs> oh, don't you worry. The taxes will be paid. It's accounted for. It's, <laughs> Jonathan will be paying them. <laughs> now, your, your husband's in the service, right? Yeah, he's a Navy diver. Okay, so if you would have been deployed during your winnings, you wouldn't have had to pay taxes on that. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, get some paperwork signed on that, you know? Uh, so what do you do now? What's the um, goal? Yeah, uh, I think that I'm thinking about that because I think Run Rabbit really gave me a lot of confidence in my abilities. I think I've always just just floated on by and thought, you know, cosmic brownies and like a, like a, you know, whatever excites me will just do. Um, but now I'm in this place where I'm like, I feel like I'm really, I hate saying this cause it's, it sounds so awkward. Like I, I do feel like I have a talent for this type of mm-hmm. stuff and I do want to keep doing it because it is what I truly love. So how do you turn something like that into, um, how do you, how do you continue with that? And I'm trying to be as considerate as possible because I know that, uh, sometimes this can turn into for some people like a job and feel like, um, their whole world and intense. And I don't want this to be my everything. I, it is, a lot right now. Um, but I have a lot of things in my life. Uh, and I still want it to be fun and like exciting and learning new things all the time. Um, so I don't really know where I go. I, I do want to continue to do as many hundreds as competitively as possible. That is like the goal. Um, and if that means I do it with some, like a, a brand or a shoe or some sort of company that that's great because who doesn't want to get paid for, doing something that they really love. Um, so I think I'm still trying to figure that out, but I think run rabbit was like, okay, I'm, this is great. I feel like I could really do something with this. I mean, think about it. You can call ultra now and be like, Hey, it's the winner of run rabbit run calling you. Got a great idea for a shoe. We need a recycled trail shoe called the Trashmore, and we need to make this happen like right now. I have this great idea. Uh, actually, Ryan had this great idea. How about we split it? Just tell Ultra we'll split it 50-50. Okay. Okay. You know, that sounds good. I think that, that could cover a lot of cosmic brownies. I mean, 
And think about it. They sell a lot of these a lot of these shoes. We'll be we'll be swimming in 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 uh in, in spring energy. I'm just saying. Well, probably like seven to eight spring energies. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Spring's gonna call you and go like, we'd like to do a gel with you. All natural. What would you like it to taste like? You're like, can you make one that tastes like Lucky Charms? <laughs> <laughs> there is apparently a gel that tastes like toasted marshmallow. Yeah, it's the it's goo makes a toasted marshmallow one, oh. and it's it's not bad. Goo has some yeah. really god awful flavors, but yeah. the toasted marshmallow one's actually actually pretty good. Yeah, but I wonder if you could get if you just took what if you called General Mills and said, hey. Those incredibly healthy marshmallows that when you put milk on them they turn it into something else. I want a bag of those. And if you just put if you put them in with some milk, you can just turn that into a gel. You know? That's a great idea. Yeah, cheaper too. That's, all right, we got two ideas here. I think we're just solving the world's problems. I think I think yeah. this is more more bang for your buck than your your typical <laughs> podcast. I mean, we learned that running on a trash heap is more exciting than a treadmill. Oh yeah, you can feel- unless unless you have Love Island. Yes. Then, yes. Exactly. Exactly. We learned a yeah. lot of things. This has been a fun chat. Yeah, it's been great. This has been so. This has probably been the funnest uh, podcast ever. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to have fun when you're talking about lucky charms and garbage. You know. 